And welcome to Central Coast Voices, a program addressing the ramifications of change in our communities and beyond, and how today's choices will impact tomorrow's community. This program is a project of Action for Healthy Communities and provided in collaboration with KCBX and the Community Foundation of San Luis Obispo County. Today's host is Chris Kington Barker. So now, let's join Chris and her guests. Over to you, Thank Chris. You. Thank you, Brad. Nacimiento Reservoir was originally designed and built in Monterey County for irrigation, flood control, groundwater to recharge, and recreation. It was completed in 1957. Although the lake formed a by the reservoir is entirely inside the geographical boundaries of San Luis Obispo County, the water is controlled by Monterey County under an operating license issued by the state of California. While Lake Nacimiento has been a destination water recreation for many folks over the years, it has also been a source of contention. My guest today will be talking about the history, the impact of local economics, the role of NARMAC, and the role it plays in water management. And I'd like to introduce my guests are Bruce McFadden, Publicity Chairman for the Nascimento Regional Water Management Advisory Board, or NARMAC, as we'll refer to at today's show. Phil Humphrey, NARMAC Historian and Muscle Prevention Coordinator. Jim Kogan, member of the Paso Robles Chamber of Commerce and Chair of the Paso Robles Supplemental Sales Tax Oversight Committee. And Steve Bloy. Am I saying that right, Steve? Close enough, it's Bloyce. Blois, who is Vice President, NARMAC, and sitting member of the Monterey County Reservoir Operations Committee, or ResOps. And welcome, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you, and Thank you Chris. Bruce, I'm going to start um, with you today. If you could talk a little bit about the lake and the, you know, the NARMAC's origins and just re really where did all this start? Okay, be happy to. Um, just a real quick about me. Uh, born and raised in Ventura, California. Started probably going up to Nascimento 1964, 1965, thereabouts. Uh, always went up with uh, the Swanson family in Ventura. So my roots to Nascimento go way back, the early days. Yeah. And if some of you remember back then, if I recall, the main campgrounds was the only game in town, you know, to go camp, use the lake. So lots of memories of a dirt campsite, a picnic table, a barbecue, and a pole where you put your little sticker for the campsite. So we used it a lot back in the days, but as families go, you know, got involved in sports, didn't use it or go up there for a long time. But uh, the same family we went up with Swanson's let me use their place for a weekend one time. And after going up there, I fell in love with Nascimento. So shortly thereafter that, I bought my first home up there, December of 1988. So coming up on 35 years, I've been a part-timer up there at the lake. So and we've enjoyed it thoroughly, you know, family, friends. So that's just a little bit about me. You know, I, I'm not sure. Maybe uh, Phil might know better than me, but I'm not sure exactly when NARMAC came, you know, into formation. But we're a unique group. We have 13 board members. 
Uh, there are nine lake communities, and each community has at least one NARMAC uh, board member, you know, that attend and go to our meeting and report back to their constituents. So we have it covered. And of the 13 that we have, we all have unique talents. You know, one person can do this, another person can do that. And we kind of uh, put the, our talents together and attack whatever we need to do for NARMAC. So we have a great group that you know, works well. And we have a, you know, a lot of different talents that we utilize with them. So it's been all good up to this point. Um, kind of going back, Chris, to what you were uh, talking a little bit about. Um, real brief history of Nascimento before the dam. It was Nascimento River. Construction started about 1955 on the dam. It was completed late 1957, and they had water in the lake somewhere beginning of 1958. So lake has been going up for a while or going for a while. And as you well know, it physically sits in San Luis Obispo County, but Monterey County owns the water rights to it. So it's been kind of a unique situation as to, you know, trying to have a lake in one county and fighting another one. And how how was it that that occurred? How was it that you could have a, a lake in one county and the water be owned by another county? Well, Phil could probably address this a little more than I, because he's our senior board member and his knowledge base is fantastic. But what we're hearing and kind of what has happened is when the lake came about, Slow County basically gave away the water rights to the lake and Monterey County, you know, owns them. And it's been, uh, you know, a little bit of a ride here trying to, like you say, you know, it's in one County and trying to fight another one and try to get some people in San Luis Obispo supervisors County on board to help us. So therefore, you know, we weren't getting much headway on it and it led to our litigation. You know, we started litigation, January of 19. And here we are, you know, right now, four years and 10 months later, still fighting the fight against them. So what, what is that, what is that um, fight that you refer to about? Because you have, you had for years, um, a situation where you coexisted, right? True. They, they've owned it since the 50s. And um, at that point, I'm envisioning that the county wasn't thinking about future uses for water. In the 60s, we didn't have much in the way of wine growing. We didn't have the kind of resources that we had. Um, so what's changed? Well, you're right. Uh, over the course of time, Slow County, Paso Robles has grown and mm -hmm. the demand for the water has grown. Um, doesn't have to be a full lake, you know, Mother Nature dictates on that one, but a lake that's usable obviously draws a lot of people, you know, up to the lake. Perfect example this year. And, you know, we understand, you know, that a lot of people don't know what NARMAC is. And, you know, it's nrwmac.org is our website. But, you know, it's Nascimento Regional Management uh, water advisory com committee and what we're trying to do is 
get a lot of people in North County, San Luis Obispo County, Kern County, Santa Barbara County, Ventura County. We know a lot of them come up to the lake and we're trying to spread our word to them, letting them know what's going on. And we're basically kind of suing, you know, Monterey County for water mismanagement. And we're really trying to get the word out to other people who come up, you know, to the lake, you know, that might not even know who NARMAC is and what we're trying to do to keep the lake force for a while so people can enjoy it for recreation. And when we say recreation, it's not only water sports, it's, you know, people that just like to boat, like to fish, like to go out on a kayak, you know, whatever it might be. You know, it's people enjoy Nascimento for whatever their recreation means might be. And we're trying to keep that. So the future, as you say, can enjoy the lake as much as we do. So, um, Phil, I'm going to go over to you. Can you, as the as the historian, um, can you speak a little bit about some of the changes that you've seen occurring over the years? How is it now that, um, is it that the county needs the water that it didn't need before? Well, I think it's it's a pretty complex issue, but um, so in order to become the historian, you have to be the one that's been around the longest. Is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the only reason you end up being the historian. But <laughs> uh, but there have been lawsuits with between uh, NARMAC and Monterey County in the past. As a matter of fact, one of the results of one of our lawsuits is that Monterey County had to give us a seat on the Reservoir Operations Committee which is a, a Monterey County committee. And Steve represents us to that uh, board every, every meeting, every month. Now, NARMAC represents 5,500 property owners around the lake. So there's a lot of property owners that are involved and we, we try and represent their concerns and their issues uh, with Monterey County. And it, it is difficult because, you know, we're in San Luis County. So anything that's that has to be voted on or whatever is is not available to us. It's all voted on by Monterey County. And you indicated when you started the program, all the different reasons that are on the permit. And what's interesting in the permit is all of those things, including agriculture and flood control and recreation mm -hmm. are all on the permit. And there is no um, uh, percentages attributed to each of those. In other words, it's not 70% for agriculture and 10% for recreation there are, none of them are defined so they're all basically equal i see okay so what's um what narmac has uh, the the two things that narmac has been uh, mostly involved in is is the lawsuits and trying to get the the lake levels managed so they they benefit everybody monterey county does have a permit to operate the the reservoir but the water the water belongs to the people of the state of california and so it has to be utilized in a way that benefits all of them, not just farmers or whoever. So that's a, a large basis of our lawsuit. So the lawsuit and the management of the lake levels is what NARMAC is mostly concerned about. And then secondly, and one of the things that we've been very successful at is establishing a program that will keep invasive quagga mussels and zebra mussels out of our lake. Uh, not a lot of people know about the, the quagga mussels and zebra mussels, but they are uh, a very invasive species. They were discovered in, in uh, Lake St. Clair in 1988. They probably came from um, 
overseas out of the the Eastern European area in the Baltic states, probably in ballast water from cargo ships. But once they got once they got into the the Lake St. Clair, they they multiply so fast. Every female mussel can have a million babies a year. Oh my goodness. So you can see how that can multiply and get bigger and bigger as you go along. And it just becomes massively uh, a massive effort to try and control them. Uh, they've spread over the years down through the Mississippi and St. Lawrence rivers, all the way down uh, through the rivers. And then, then they started hitchhiking on, on boats and trailers that go from uh, one lake to a different lake, and they started moving westward. In 2007, they discovered uh, mussels in Lake Mead. And that's when uh, NARMAC first got involved with it, trying to understand what the problem was, how to, uh, how to, we might combat it, if you will. And um, so we uh, got together with, with uh, San Luis County and Monterey County because the, the water that uh, comes from uh, Lake Mead goes into the California and, uh, and Arizona aqueduct system, which ends up in Southern California. So almost all of the lakes in Southern California are now infected. And they spend millions of dollars every year trying to clean out their pipes. It's unfortunate we don't have some pictures for you, but uh, I think you've seen the trifold that, that NARMAC has. And uh, they they have to go in and just literally shut those pipes down and clear them out because the muscles will clog the pipes completely. And you're talking about the pipes that carry the water. Yes, that's correct. Okay. And so what you're trying to do is prevent that from happening at Lake Nascimento. How big of an effort is that for you? Well, it's it's been a huge effort, and, and NARMAC and, and San Luis County uh, have really stepped up to it. Um, the problem with the muscles is once you get infected, you're, there's no combating it because they have no natural predators. In Eastern Europe, there are some predators, but those those particular predators, uh, United States waterways, they don't want them in the United States waterways. So once you get infected with mussels, there's nothing you can do. There are some products that are available commercially, but it would be millions and millions of dollars every year to try and uh, eradicate the mussels. So what, what San Luis Obispo County and NARMAC and to a limited degree Monterey County has done is we formed a coalition to try and educate people about how the mussels travel, how they get moved from lake to lake, and also uh, what we can do to combat and make sure that they don't get into our lake. Now, people are still boating on Lake Mead. That's correct. Yeah. So what we've, what NARMAC has been able to do in conjunction with San Luis Obispo County is we have started classes and we did that. We started in 2010, um, trying to educate the people that are coming to the lake about the fact that there are the mussels that they do get transported by by boats coming from other areas. And so we put things in, in place, uh, quarantines, if you will. If someone has, comes into the area, they get inspected. Uh, we've had, uh, we've established classes to teach screeners how to look for mussels so that we don't allow boats that are infected with mussels to be launched on our lake. Um, to that uh to that notion, we've had uh, since 2010, we've had over 100 classes that we have given to communities around the lake. We have now currently over 400 inspectors that 
inspect every single boat before they're allowed to come on the lake. They need to be inspected by a certified inspector. They get a lake uh, permit, a lake screening permit. And that permit is only good for the period of time that they're at the lake, say a Labor Day weekend, or if they stay longer, up to 21 days. That's the maximum amount. Then they have to be reinspected again. And if those efforts have been successful, you haven't had any kind of invasion of the mussels in Lake Nascimento? No, currently the lake is still mussel free. Okay. Uh, San Luis Obispo County uh, comes out monthly. They have substrates in the lake that will indicate to us if we have any infestation. So they come out monthly and they check that. The state does what they call plankton draws because the, the baby mussels are, are uh, like plankton. Uh, they're very, very small until they start to grow and get bigger. Uh, the other thing we've done is we've established a resident vessel program, and that would be for people who uh, whose boats don't leave the lake. In other words, we're here all year long. We don't go out anywhere. We don't go to Tahoe. We don't go to Bean right. and all those things. So those boats don't really present a risk because they never leave. So the resident vessel program allows those owners to not have to go through the inspection every 21 days. And then it saves the inspector from looking at a boat that obviously isn't a risk. So yeah. we have, uh, we have ha had uh, tremendous success with, with San Luis Obispo County. They've been very supportive. Danielle Rudis and Barry Valencia and their boss, uh, Faith Zenker, they've given us everything we need to conduct these classes. Uh, we work, we conduct the classes in conjunction with San Luis Obispo County. And, um, and each inspector has to recertify every three years. So it's an ongoing program. And, you know, the mussels were discovered in 2007 at Lake Mead. And here we are in 2023 and our lake is muscle free. And it's a result of, of people becoming aware of what the problem is and how bad it can be, what it can do to property values. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, if the lake's infected, property values will plummet. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sure that Jim's going to talk about that, and he's going to talk about uh, other things, other economic things that the, the lake brings to the to the area. Thank you. And we'll get to that in just a moment. I'm Chris Kington Barker with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX, your Central Coast listener-supported radio station. The voices you hear with me today are Bruce McFadden, Publicity Chairman, Nacimiento Regional Water Management Advisory Board, or NARMAC, Phil Humphrey, NARMAC Historian and Muscle Prevention Coordinator. We'll be hearing from Jim Hogan, member of Paso Robles uh, Chamber of Commerce and Chair of the Paso Robles Supplemental Sales Tax Oversight Committee, and Steve Bloix, who is the Vice President of NARMAC and a sitting member of the Monterey County Reservoir Operations Committee. And Jim, I'm going to go um, over to you and talk a little bit about uh, just what what kind of impact. I mean, when we're talking about the contention about the lake right now, what what sounds like it's happening is the water's being released. There's no control over the how the water is released um, and how much is left in the lake. Is that part of the problem? All the problem, or just what what do you envision here? Yeah, no, thank you, Chris, and um, thank you for having me on the the program. Yeah, I you're think, welcome. I think there's a couple of things. The first is um, the lake uh, water release winds up being a a financial 
benefit to the county of Monterey, whereas um, having the lake as a recreational resource is a financial benefit to San Luis Obispo County. And so as residents in San Luis Obispo County, whose taxes pay for um, you know, a lot of the aspects of the lake, it's, uh, we're not really getting our fair share of that when um, the water release takes away some of the um, recreational benefit. So, you know, and we're talking about really in, in um, average to, to moderate to, to really low rain years when, when we lose that, you know, it's everybody has experienced the rains from the last year. And we know that, um, you know, the lake levels were really high, you know, we're very excited. So I, I live at Heritage Ranch and um, just stepped off of being um, the vice president of the board here at Heritage Ranch after my term was over. And, you know, we, um, we had to close our launch ramp last year, um, right before Father's Day weekend. And we're fortunate that it's still open this year. So, you know, and I think in those two years, we've got kind of outliers. We've got a really great year in the last year and, a, you know, the end of a multi-year drought with the, the previous year. But, um, but it's important to note that there are significant uh, revenue impacts of having the lake low. And, you know, as Phil mentioned, there's um, property tax is one of those um, financial impacts. I wanted to give you a little bit more um, about me real quick, if that's all right. So you're listening. Of course. Know, mm -hmm. I've, got, I, I've got street cred to talk about that, which I'm going to talk about. So um, <laughs> I've done economic development um, in cities for about 25 years. I um, worked for the city of San Jose. I was the economic development manager for the city of Menlo Park and then moved here to be the assistant city manager. So, um, you know, I've, I've developed uh, expertise in looking at how of the, uh, these types of amenities or big events or other, um, uh, other tourism draws really affects the local economy. And so there's a number of ways that, it, that Lake Nacimiento uh, can affect our local economy. You know, as Phil mentioned, it's property tax, um, one of the things that happens when the lake is high is that we have turnover in property and um, turnover in property is good from a property tax standpoint because the properties get reassessed. And so um, the as they increase in value and are reassessed, then the county is um, is benefiting greatly from that turnover. And we've seen a lot of turnover here um, at uh, Heritage Ranch. Um, there's the things that you would expect, like sales tax and transient occupancy tax. You know, most people don't know what TOT is, and the transient occupancy tax is that if you're staying in Paso Robles, it's that 11% tax that is added to your bill. We've all had the experience of going and staying someplace, and you look at your room rate, and you're like, wait a second, I was... I, I was promised a $250 right. night. Like, why am I spending $400 per night? And it's it's all of those other taxes or assessments that get added on, but those all benefit the local economy. And when we lose or, you know, um, uh, cut out usable time in the lake, that affects our transient occupancy tax revenue because, you know, we have fewer people coming to visit. Um, the the resort um, here had 
you know, a terrible couple of years because of the low lake level. And, you know, the lake level has been so high and it's been of such a benefit this last year that even Monterey reopened their launch ramp, which is, you know, huge for boaters and people coming up here. And it means that there's a lot of direct benefit from the lake in the form of transient occupancy tax for San Mateo or for San Luis Obispo County and for um, Monterey County for people who stay in Monterey and come to the lake, as well as the city of Paso Robles. Now, um, you had mentioned that I chair the sales tax oversight committee for Pass Robles. Um, we, one of the things about sales tax is that it gets reported about six months behind when it actually happens. So the latest numbers we have are for Q1 of this year. And in Q1 of this year, it's not surprising, you know, January through March was one of the wettest times on record um, in this area. So our sales tax um, and occupancy tax were down. We were down about 7.1% just in sales tax. But if you look at the top 25 sales tax producers, they're all gas stations, Albertsons, Smart and Final, Walmart, um, and um, you know, really car dealerships and, and other you know, big ticket purchases or things that really focus on tourism or are affected by tourism. And so um, as we have more people coming to the lake and I think our, our Q2 numbers and our Q3 numbers are gonna be great in a, from a sales tax standpoint, um, you'll see that there were a lot of, um, there's a lot of direct benefit of people coming to this area. And Lake Nascimento is one of the nicest uh, water skiing, wakeboarding lakes in the state of California. You know, it's, it's, it's one of the biggest draws from a recreational standpoint that we have here and that, you know, exists anywhere as far as um, from a lake water sports perspective. The secondary kind of tertiary benefits, economic benefits, of a Lake Nascimento, we're seeing in the um, people who come up here and they think, hey, you know, I could really use, my house could use a coat of paint. You know, people like Bruce who, you know, um, not to pick on Bruce, and I don't know if he's in this in this space, but might've said, you know what? I'm not going up to the lake very much. I'm not gonna worry about that bathroom remodel or, um, you know, painting the house or, you know, fixing my deck. But when people are coming up every weekend or they're spending a greater deal of time, you know, we see that um, the construction and contractor industry really has a boom because mm -hmm. people are having work done on their homes because they're up here more often. I and think people are not aware of, of how large a community lives around the lake area, too. I think it's kind of tucked away. The number of residents up there is much larger than I think people expect. You know, that's an excellent point. Here at Heritage Ranch, we boast being the largest neighborhood or homeowners association in the state of California by landmass. And mm -hmm. we have uh, we have about 2,200 homes up here and um, uh, around 5,000 residents. And that's just in Heritage Ranch and doesn't mention, you know, not to mention Oak Shores and um, and running deer so right and the lake is a large lake it's you know it's not just a, a round or rectangular shaped lake it is an unusually shaped lake right right absolutely yeah. yeah i mean and you know i think the the best 
um, description of the shape is that of a dragon. And that's mm -hmm. why you see all of those, uh, those uh, wake the dragon decals on people's cars and, and wakeboarding boats. Um, uh, but, you know, some of the other benefits to the economy, um, I think everybody uh, on this call has probably had the opportunity to eat at Rock and Robles. That was a, uh, a pizza place that was um, really suffering both from the pandemic and the, the lack of business from the lake. Um, the owner had tried to sell it for a while and didn't have any luck until this year when the lake was full and a new um, group of folks bought it and it has been flourishing. It's you know been um, doing really well. Um, there are a lot more people working at the supermarket at Oak Hill now than there were. And, um, you know, you joke with them and this is all anecdotal evidence, of course, but I've joked with some of the cashiers, you know, bringing in ice, um, up to the, uh, cash register and they don't even need to look up what the code is because they've got all of those <laughs> kinds of touristy codes just committed to memory, you know, whether it's, um, uh, ice or, drinks or a packet of um, firewood, you know, any of the things they would normally have to look up, they've got it all committed to memory because there have been so many people coming through because of the draw of the lake. I'm going to take a brief uh, break and we're going to do a little bit of reset. And Brad, I'm going to send it over to you for just a moment here. And thank you very much, Chris Kington Barker. From the KCBX community calendar, get ready for a night of fun, music, and dance at the Land Conservancy's Octagon Barn in San Luis Obispo on Thursday, October 5th from 5 till 10. Enjoy live musical performances from the Slow County Stumblers and Hearts Gone South, and then square dance the night away. All the dances will be taught there, so no experience is necessary. For more information, visit lcslo.org. And just a reminder that the KCBX community calendar features arts, entertainment, and nonprofit events in San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, and Southern Monterey counties. You can submit your item or event to be shared. You'll find it on our calendar page right there at the website, kcbx.org. Coming up this afternoon uh, at 2 o'clock, it is Latino USA. Right now, let's return to Chris Kington Barker and her guests here on Central Coast Voices. Back to you, Chris. Thank you, Brad. And the voices you hear with me today are Bruce McSpadden, Phil Humphrey, Jim Kogan, and Steve Bloyd. And we're talking with NARMAC the Nascimento Regional Water Management Advisory Committee about um, what's happening with Lake Nascimento, not only the good things now that there's water in the lake and it's thriving, but also about some of the challenges that uh, the community has had regarding how to maintain its level of water and um, how to control that when we have a lake that uh, the land is owned by one county and the water is owned by another, an unusual circumstance here in, in our community. I'm gonna um, go over to, I wanna just check in with you, Jim, and make sure that you finished what you were talking about on the financial side, if there is anything more that you wanted to say. No, I think that's that's it, Chris. Um, you know, I tend to be a little verbose, so thank you for your uh, <laughs> indulgence. Um, I think I would just leave it with 
when the lake is at a level where we can uh, actually launch boats and and use it, it's a huge benefit in um, tax revenue and um, value to individuals in their homes and um, and all of our businesses, even ones that you wouldn't think um, would benefit. And when we can't launch boats, it's it's a really detrimental effect on our local businesses and um, even uh, people's individual property values. Yeah, I, I hear you and I, I think it's an important point to make. And Steve, I'd like to welcome you into the space here. And um, as a member, the one member of the NARMAC committee that sits in the Monterey meetings, um, you're, I'm assuming you're the liaison between the two. Um, can you talk a little bit about what your role is on that board and um, some of your observations about what's what's happening with the lake now? Absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me on. I uh, appreciate the opportunity. Uh, let me take just a brief moment and give you a bit of my background. Uh, I'm the engineer of the group. Bruce mentioned that we all bring varied jobs and talents and things. My job is kind of the technical engineering guy. Um, my training is as an engineer. I'm a retired infrastructure contractor who in my career built lots of water lines and water treatment plants, among other things. Uh, I was president of the Cagus Municipal Water District, which serves 650,000 people in Ventura County. And uh, they appointed me to be the representative as a board member to the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, uh, which serves over 19 million people uh, and is the uh, second largest water district in the nation. Um, wow. It's, um, I've had the opportunity in that role to actually go to Lake Havasu and watch them scrape the quagga mussels off the screens on the intake pumps that supply water to Southern California from the Colorado River system. Uh, I do know that a couple of years ago, Metropolitan Water District spent over $10 million just on the cost of chlorine to help eradicate the from their aquifers, uh, but also for quite literally the county of Monterey who would get their equipment clogged up uh, if the quaggas uh, infested this lake. Um, I've been coming to the lake since 1959. I was actually in a boat on the water in 1959. Uh, I've owned a place at the lake uh, since 1971. And if you look at my screenshot, you'll see the view from my front porch. Uh, that's Lake <laughs> Nascimento. Uh, Pretty nice. Near the B Rock, if you know where B Rock is. Uh, so I've got a lot of history, personal, and a lot of uh, personal. I think we may have lost Steve for a moment. We'll let him come back. I do want to remind listeners that this, oh, we lost you for just a minute, Steve. Are you sure. back? All right. I'm back now. Sorry about that. Uh, we can thank Elon Musk's Starlink system for any internet problems I have. Um, but at any rate, the... Uh, the Reservoir Operations Committee consists of 15 board members, um, and usually it's a 14 to 1 vote with me being the one. Um, you know, most of the rest of the Reservoir Operations Committee members uh, represent farmers' interests and interests of water uh, throughout Salinas and Monterey County, uh, and that's understandable. 
and I will say this, that probably 80% of the time we agree on things. Um, it's the other 20% of the time where it's my job as the NARMAC representative uh, to represent the interests of the lake owners and property owners and all the others affected uh, by the levels of the lake and the use or non-use of, of recreation activities. And um, somebody mentioned before, I believe it was Phil, that there are six beneficial uses that Monterey County uh, is allowed in their permit. Uh, and one of them is recreation. Uh, in our opinion, recreation has kind of taken a back seat to the other uses of the water that they're allowed to use. Steve, uh, can you tell me how the water is being used? What is the majority of the water being used for coming from the lake? I sure can. The reservoir itself is 378,000 acre feet when it's full. Uh, Monterey County, by their permit, uh, is allotted or allowed to withdraw 180,000 acre feet a year, which is less than half of the volume of the lake. Uh, they use that water to replenish the aquifers in the Salinas Valley, uh, largely. Some of the water then proceeds further on down where they've constructed a rubber dam down in the seaside marina area, and they divert the water down there to wow. farmers and a couple of local water companies down there. Remaining water runs out to the ocean. Uh, at the last RISOPS meeting, um, I was informed that uh, in the month of July, they had about 20 to 30 uh, cubic feet per second that was actually running out into the ocean, uh, which is a substantial amount of water. Um, so it's our job to make sure that, you know, when they do use the water, they use it as beneficially and usefully as they possibly can when they're letting the water escape into the ocean, uh, at least my personal opinion is that's not a very effective use. Um, it would be better used to maintain the lake levels at Lake Nascimento so that our ramps, launching ramps, uh, don't go dry like they did last year, as Jim mentioned. Um, so most of the time at the Reservoir Operations Committee meeting, uh, it's perfunctory, we listen to reports, we get readings and updates about how much water they're releasing, where the water is going, how the farmers are using it. Uh, the farmers in the Salinas Valley uh, have decided that, well, they've been uh, actually made to put meters on their pumps so that they can figure out how much water they actually are pumping. Uh, and they uh, try and balance their water use there with the withdrawals from Lake Nascimento. There's another complicating factor that we spend a lot of time on, and that is uh, NIMPS, National Marine Fisheries Service, uh, which issued in 2009, I believe it was, a biological opinion, which said that we have to allow 60 cubic feet per second out of Nascimento uh, all year long to make sure that the steelhead, uh, which is a threatened species, uh, has enough water to migrate up and out and uh, and stay alive. So there's a lot of different constraints that are put on Monterey County, not only by recreational use, the farmers use for irrigation water and replenishing aquifer, or pushing the seawater out uh, down in the Monterey Peninsula area, but they also are now required by this biological opinion to keep fish alive. Uh, so. It's, it's a dance, quite frankly, and we get reports at the ResOps Committee every month on how well that dance is going, what's working, and what's not. 
So my part is to make sure that we at Lake Nascimento are not forgotten and uh, that our launch ramps are all still have some water in it so we can use the lake. So with the, with the most recent year where the rains were really abundant, was as much water left out of the lake as in prior years where it was much more drought? No, uh, there was very little water let out of the lake, uh, much less water, uh, certainly in May and June and even into partway into July than they usually do because they had water running down the Salinas River. They had other water right. coming out of Arroyo Seco. They had other water other than the lake, which they utilized first. And I give them credit for doing that. And at the last meeting, I thanked them. Uh, but quite frankly, we all have Mother Nature to thank for the abundance of water uh -huh. this year. Uh -huh. uh, hopefully it continues into next year, but it's in stark contrast with the drought years immediately preceding that. Right. Uh, the year before, there was so little water that Monterey County essentially gave up and said, hey, if we continue letting any water out to replenish the aquifer, the lake's going to go dry. Nobody wants that to happen. So they didn't do what they ended up doing all of two years ago was letting just enough of the release to uh, that they're mandated to keep the fish alive. And what... Um, I know you can't talk about the lawsuit specifically because that's still ongoing, but what what is it that NARMAC is really hoping to be able to gain with the efforts that it's making right now? What would you consider to be a win or something that is that is now um, recognizable as being equitable for both the lake and Monterey County? Well, first of all, what instigated the lawsuit, and I can say this because it's public record, mm -hmm. is uh, we allege, NARMEC alleges that Monterey County took more than their allotment of water uh, in, I forget the year now, it's been so long ago, sometime prior to four years when they filed the lawsuit. Um, we've been arguing about that. Uh, and I don't want to get into specifics there, but that's one of the things that uh, was a red line for us. Hey, you're only allowed to take X amount of water. You took X plus something, and uh, that's not right. Um, and so we're arguing about that. The other thing that we want to accomplish is, you know, we, we recognize that, you know, there are other five other uses for the water, and we certainly uh, like to eat our veggies. So we don't object to, you know, taking a lot of water out of the lake um, to replenish the aquifer in the Salinas Valley. Uh, that's one of the original purposes. And of course, the farmers in Salinas Valley uh, ended up paying for the construction of the dam through an assessment district. And so, you know, they think it's their right. We think that uh, it's not their right because it's permitted by the state. Uh, but yeah, it is a beneficial use that's necessary. And in drought years, we're going to have a lake that's not real full. Uh, what we want them to do is time the releases uh, in recognition of recreation as a beneficial use. Uh, the aquifer will be recharged just as much or effectively in October as it will in August. Uh, so why not leave a little bit of water in the lake until past Labor Day uh, when the kids are out of school and before everybody has to go back to school and uh, see if we can use uh, do our water skiing and wakeboarding in the lake, uh, at least through Labor Day. Uh, 
Um, and so that's one of the objectives, probably the main objective that we would like to see out of the lawsuit is to get along with Monterey County well enough to where they can change their management to where their water works for everything, including us as recreators on the lake. Yeah, and it really it really sounds like from what was mentioned earlier that when the agreement was developed, it really wasn't clearly defined as what what was allocated, how it was allocated, how it was shared, that you're having to kind of do this with the lawsuit now. Is that, would that be a correct statement? No, uh, it's crystal clear what their allocation is. Oh. Uh, it's not so crystal clear what the definition of how much they take. Uh, uh, for instance, this year, they took over 400,000 acre feet uh, in flood control releases. Uh, they wanted to make sure, of course, with all the rains we had in January and into February, uh, they let a lot of water down the river so that the dam didn't overtop. Uh, okay. And, and that's a reasonable thing for them. Sure. To, uh, the, the argument then is how much of that should be accounted uh, against their allocation. Uh, they say that none of it should, and we say, well, I'm not sure we agree. So okay. there's... And that's part of the nuances. And again, I don't want to get into detail. Yeah, yeah. Held in front of a judge. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what's going on. Okay. Chris? So look, yes. Sorry, just a, a couple of points of information. Uh, Jim referred to what the lake size was. It's 17 miles long. But wow. The dragon shape, if you will. There's 165 miles of shoreline. See, I think that that's not what people think of when they yeah. think of a lake. The, that's, the, other, that's the other thing that's important is, you know, when, when they talk about the releases and stuff, they all talk in, in numbers like um, CFS, cubic feet per second. Mm -hmm. So that's hard for, for normal people to understand. But yeah. for example, right now, they're letting out 424 cubic feet a second today. Mm -hmm. Okay, 400 cubic feet a second works out to be, and I got to write it down here, 258,508,800 feet. 258 million gallons today. Just today. Today. Yeah. yeah. In, in one day. So, you know, when you start thinking about it in gallons, it's it's more relevant to, to right. people that aren't to familiar people with listening. that. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to take up. No, so and I appreciate that. And the other thing that I think people don't understand about the lake is the shape of it. It's very deep in some areas and very shallow in others. So where you have water in the lake may be captured in one specific area. But when it goes down to a minimum pool, it's a lot less surface area to be able to do any recreation on. Yes. Yeah, right. fantastic. Talk to me um, about, I want to just make a comment that this show is pre-recorded and um, you will be able to have more information about NARMAC if you go to their website, which is nrwmac.org. And there's a lot of information on that website um, 
that we're talking about today and a lot that we're not talking about today. And we have about 10 minutes uh, left of today's show. I want to uh, go back to you, Bruce, and see if there was anything that you didn't get a chance to say the first time and um, just revisit that. Sure. Thank you, Chris. Yep. Like I mentioned earlier, we realize, you know, throughout Central Coast, Southern California, a lot of people don't know what NARMAC is, what we're trying to do. So we just recently submitted an application to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo uh, for what is called a directed field experience. And basically what we're hoping for is a Cal Poly student or students, maybe more than one, that have an interest in marketing, public relations, recreation, any combination thereof that would want to work with us for you know the fall semester of 23. And in conjunction, if we get student or students to help us, we want to connect them with Jim Cogan and really kind of show everybody, you know, what the economic impact is on Nacimiento. Doesn't have to be a full lake. You know, as Phil and Steve alluded to, a usable lake for us. And we kind of figure at this point in time, strength in numbers here. The more people know about NARMAC, the more they'll realize, wow, I didn't know that was going on. I didn't know this was happening behind the scenes. And obviously, Jim has the credentials, you know, on how it all works in the economic. And it's kind of a win-win for us. You know, we get some students that get some credit for it. For Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, they work basically, if we get a student or students 12 hours a week, we keep track of their hours, they get credit for it, and in turn, you know, connect with Jim, and Jim would guide them, you know, probably on marketing, you know, impact, yeah, can you get us this info, and we feel the more info that anybody that uses Nascimento has, and doesn't know who NARMAC is, you know, better we're going to be and more people to jump on board and say yeah i'm behind you on this and how can we help you and how can we support you so we just need to spread the word all the way northern or northern uh county um central coast all the way down to ventura county maybe even further so we're so if, so if someone wanted to was listening and was affiliated with cal poly or wanted to work on this project how would they get in touch where should they go is it on your website it's on our website okay and uh the lady at uh, cal poly san luis obispo has our info but basically right. if they had a question it's uh info at narmac.org would okay. be how they could reach us and in turn one of us would get back to them you know and explaining what we need to do so okay. we just submitted that cal poly started about two or three weeks ago and i'm keeping my fingers crossed we get a candidate or candidates and you know work with jim on this that'll be great the next generation of folks to step up and watch out for the leg good way Talk of saying it chris yeah <laughs> That, talk a little bit about, since we've got just a little bit of time, I'm I'm interested in talking about the Interlake uh, Tunnel that there's been talk about. What is that and how would it serve or not serve? Bill, you want to take that one or Steve? I know you guys know a little more. <laughs> yeah, I can talk to that. Steve would know. Uh, the Interlake Tunnel 
is exactly that. It's a tunnel that would take water from Lake Nascimento and put it in Lake San Antonio. Uh -huh. uh, in concept, it's a great idea. They would be utilizing an already existing dam uh, to increase storage, uh, which is a huge thing in California right now. And it makes a lot of sense to build a tunnel instead of a brand new dam somewhere. Um, uh, and so in concept, we agree that that is a wonderful thing for them to do to increase storage. Uh, the problem is, is that they want to put the intake uh, to take water out of Lake Nascimento at a point that's only 50%, the lake is only 50% full. Uh, we think that that inlet should be raised because they don't need to take water out of one lake and into another um, until, until it gets a little bit forward in that. Uh, and they also want to uh, create operating rules to where they uh, use the water. Um, and if they do it right, uh, it would actually greatly help and enhance uh, recreational use on Lake Nascimento. Uh, and to that extent, we're all for it. The problem is, is we don't trust that that will happen um, because of our past history with Nascimento, or with, excuse me, the County of Monterey and their management of the water at the lake. Uh, we're still working with them. We haven't given up. We'd like to cooperate with them. We'd like to see the Interlake Tunnel uh, serve its intended purpose, which is to benefit all of us, including recreation. And then um, and finally, just really quickly, um, the objections to the current Monterey County Dam Operations Plan to consider that the lake level of 630 feet is still viable. Where are you wanting it to be raised to? Well, it's 730 feet, uh, not 630. Okay. Uh, for many, many years, uh, it wasn't in writing, but they had it at about 750 feet. Uh, we'd like it to be back up to 750 feet. Uh, certainly, it cannot be as low as 730. Um, at that point, most of the launch ramps at the various communities around the lake are dry, so they're unusable. Okay. Uh, in my particular community, which is North Shore, uh, the bottom of our launch ramp is at 737. So the minute the lake drops below that, you know, we, we can't launch boats. Uh, okay. Other communities have similar situations. Um, I know that Heritage Ranch is out of water at 730. Um, and so, yeah, we would like to see something a little bit more reasonable and based on fact and evidence rather than just, uh, well, I don't know how they came up with it, but they came <laughs> up with it over NARMAP's objections. I'll leave it at that. Well, thank you very much. I want to thank my guests today um, and appreciate that all of you were here. Bruce McFadden, Publicity Chairman, Nassimianza Regional Water Management Advisory Board. Bill Humphrey, NARMAC historian and muscle prevention coordinator, Jim Kogan, member of the Paso Robles Chamber of Commerce and chair of the Paso Robles Supplemental Sales Tax Oversight Committee, and Stephen Blois, a vice president for NARMAC and sitting member on the Monterey County Reservoir Operations Committee. Next week, please join us for uh, with host Mario Espinoza-Kulik for another topic on your Central Coast community. 
Central Coast Voices has been sponsored by Action for Healthy Communities and the San Luis Obispo Community Foundation in collaboration with KCBX. I'm Chris Kington Barker, and thank you for joining us today.